Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Welcome to Envision Together. Today's guest is Miss Yvonne Green, and she's going to share with us how she became a coach, teaching others to leave an inheritance in five specific areas that will positively impact families for generations to come. So welcome, Yvonne. It's such an honor to have you on the show. You're such a lovely woman of God. Please tell us more about yourself. Well, Pamela, I can't tell you how excited I am to be on your show, this amazing podcast that you're doing, and how honored I am to be doing this work with you today and to speak with your listeners. Not everybody gets invited, so I feel very special. So thank you. So everyone, I'm Yvonne Green. I am a coach. I'm a life coach as well as a legacy strategist and coach. I'm an author and a speaker. So as a family legacy strategist and coach, what I do, I help families to intentionally leave their most cherished values, weave it into their family routine and lifestyle so that when they're no longer here, those values still live on and continue through multiple generations. You know, years ago, I was thinking, wow, what's going to happen when my family is no longer here? What will the generation, two generations from us look like? And I realized if we don't intentionally share with them and teach them and model for them and let them experience the values we cherish the most, then we will never, ever, ever be able to have those values transmitted to them and continue on. And so that's part of really what's driving me to imagine if my grandmother and my mother did not pass on some of the values of work, of dignity, of honor, of integrity, and of faith to us and modeled it and prayer what would my life be like? So I had two generations of family members, specifically my grandmother and my mother, who imparted this to me. And so I have, I feel like my siblings and I have to pass it on to the next generation. I came into this really also because when we became adults, we moved to different parts of the country and the kids were not growing together. I had one sister in New York, one in Florida, one in the UK, and I was in uh, DC. 
I don't have children, but I'm very connected to all the kids. And I kind of am like the one who watches over the family to see what needs to happen. I said to myself, if the kids, if my nieces and nephews don't know each other and build close relationships, our family ends with my sisters. Mm -hmm. And so I started to reach out to them and say, hey, we have to make more opportunities for the kids to get together Mm -hmm. and get to know each other so we have a bloodline to move forward. And my sisters bought into that. And so in thinking about that, I also said, you know, we there has to be something, there has to be some inheritances that we can pass on to the next generation. And I read the scripture that says a good person leaves an inheritance, not to his children, but to his children's children. Mm-hmm. So basically, I felt that God is saying, think two generations so that Whatever you have is present in three generations. So here are the five essential inheritances that I believe that if we pass on to our children and our children's children, we can be sure that we will have a strong family that continues beyond our lifetime. So the first thing is family identity. And this is so important because Um, identity gives a sense of belonging. And we have that already in name. But sometimes you look at a family and you can hear some people say, oh, we are are backstabbers. We we hate each other. That's like a family identity. Then you hear some people say, oh, we are are soccer lovers. That's another identity. (laughs) Or, you know, or we are. I never looked at it that way. I never looked at it that way, but you're so right. Some families, what brings them together is they all love soccer or sports or camping yeah. or something like that. Exactly. So that's part of their identity. You look at some families and you see business across the generations. Mm. They have like, you think I just, this is, uh, I don't know if this is so, but I look at the Indians, the Patels business. You, I don't think I've met a Patel that is not in business. I look at my family and my family has, you look at patterns, entrepreneurship and real estate. My father was a builder. He was a foreman. My oldest sister, ever since she was young, had a love for real estate. My younger sister married an engineer and they started to build houses. And a couple of weeks ago, my cousins sent me his, a video of his son saying, dad, I'm going to build. The kid was imagining the buildings already. So there's sometimes these things, the patterns in your family becomes the identity. Yeah. Uh, you're really making me reflect on a lot because as you're telling me about your family, I'm thinking about my family. And man, you're making some things really point out because, or stand out. I'm thinking of even gifting in my family. There's a lot of creativity. Exactly. There's a lot of ability for the arts, writing. But I believe that we downplayed it. We didn't see the value of it. We didn't know that it was a unique gift. But it's in several people in my family. My grandmother would write plays. Uh, for church. What? But we thought 
well, I didn't know it until I was like 35, but then I became a writer, but I became a writer before I knew my grandmother was doing that. And what if we had been aware of that strength in our bloodline? How much more would we, I don't know, put our arms around each other to support that gift and and help it to flourish uh, generation to generation. But I'm understanding, listening to you, that some families are doing that almost by accident, just because the practice is there. So the young people around are seeing that and being influenced by it. But what if we looked for it early on in a young person's life and actually and look in the past too, look in the past, look at yeah. past present. Yeah. I'm seeing yeah. patterns that mm-hmm. I didn't embrace in the way that I am now uh, listening to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. And that's exactly the place we want to get to. Yesterday I was talking to a, a gentleman whom I have the highest respect for. And he came out of a family with no business background. But when he became a Christian, he, God blessed him. Everything he put his hands to just exploded. And now his son is doing the same thing. So there's this pattern. Yeah, God blesses each family with certain loves you know, certain abilities, and that becomes part of our identity, certain proclivity. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I know in my family, on my mother, my father's side, the grandmothers would prepare meals, and when they cook, they would put a portion aside for a stranger who may pass by who needed a meal. And when you look in my family, you see compassion and service. So many of us are nurses. Mm -hmm. I have three sisters, two are nurses, service to others, right? My grandmothers would prepare a meal for strangers. The first meal they took out their dinner pot was for strangers. So when you listen to those stories and stuff, you begin to see the patterns of who God has created this family to be? What is that identity? And the identity creates a sense of belonging and our greatest sense. Everything that I'm going to talk about is reflected in how God, the Trinity, wants to engage us. The Father gives us our sense of belonging. Our greatest need is to belong. And when we belong, we are less likely to be pulled into peer pressure and self-destructive patterns. That's so powerful. But, you know, part of what I'm enjoying about listening to you talk is you're saying things that I understand and would normally express in a different way. Even when you say belonging, I keep hearing the word purpose. A lot of times we say, oh, I don't know what my purpose is, but I believe your purpose and your belonging are the same. And it's a clue about what your abilities are, what you're a part of, what you're naturally part of the tribe, and you naturally shine in these areas. And if, imagine if we grew up knowing, oh, this is just something that my whole family, we, ju- we just do this well. 
imagining the, the confidence that you would take in approaching being successful in those areas. I remember yes. when my daughter was a baby, I'll try to say this quick. She was no, a young no, no. girl and she would play with the young ladies next door, uh, Adriana and Brenda, and they're a Mexican family. And my daughter learned Spanish early on from them, but they would play school. They were a lot older than her. When I brought her home from the hospital, they just thought, oh, we have this new little baby doll. So they had a friendship early on, but as my daughter became like four or five years old, they'd play school. So obviously the older girls were the teachers and, and of so course. My daughter would run into the house at like five, just run by me and say, two plus two is four and run right back out. Aww. And then she'd run in and say, two plus three is five. And she'd run back out. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? How does she know this? Because I wasn't teaching her math. I should have been, but I wasn't. Uh And I got to the bottom of it and I learned that they were playing school. And so when my daughter came in and would say two plus two is four, I say, oh, my God, you're brilliant. You are so good at math. Math Uh is going to be your best subject. Like I was purposely trying to encourage her because I struggled with math. But Mm -hmm. what I realized is I brainwashed that child because sure enough, math became her strongest subject and she has a confidence about it. If I can't do anything else, math is what I can do. Oh my gosh. I've heard it come out of her mouth. So it's so interesting. If we're intentional, how we can cultivate and by the way my father was an engineer so math is in the bloodline so to speak yeah (laughs) but I didn't have the confidence toward it but my daughter did yeah and it so it stays in the bloodline right yes but it just shows what's possible when when you're intentional when you're purposeful uh, with the gifts that are present something about what you were saying a little while ago, maybe belonging, but belonging. Uh-huh. And that, that whole story just came to me about my daughter. And, you know, when I learned, I learned, learned late in life, how brilliant my father was around math. And even though I just told you, I struggled around math. When I learned how gifted my father was, do you know, it changed my perspective. I said, yeah. I must have some ability and just the shift in that mindset. When I was taking my math courses, working on my PhD, I had a different ability level. I felt like it's in my lineage. Of course I can. And that's the power of belonging. It creates an emotional strength. Mm-hmm. And it creates a sense of safety and security. Like It's like an anchor. And so when you're anchored in a family, it's almost like you're being held. So although your dad wasn't here, the knowledge of his brilliance, you leaned into it and it hugged you and you move forward confidently. So it's very important for families to have that identity. And part of the way that that comes about is talking about the sec, one of the other ones is family history. If I did not know that my grandparents didn't even know each other, different parts of the country, 
the first they would cook and the first meal they would put out everybody knew you don't touch it it's for a stranger if some unknown person is passing by and is hungry we have a meal to offer them yeah. and do you not know that today my aunt she gets food from the like whole foods and other places and she gives it to the needy and the homeless it's this whole thing of service i'll tell you another quick story my grandmother is a quiet person and i remember as a child she was telling me the story how she went to the market and all these people were you know to the butcher and the butcher was like overwhelmed but she said i'm not going to be like these women not in a bad way she's like i'm going to stand over there and wait till they get served and then i'm going to say what i want Right. So she said the butcher looked and see all these women screaming at him and he looked up and saw her with her arms folded and he said ma'am what would you like Wow <laughs> can you imagine and so remember I said before part of my family's dignity there's a grace and a dignity I don't think my grandmother intended to pass that on to me but from that story I learned that you don't have to be involved in all the loud shouting yeah just be quiet and our family tends to be very quiet and you know patient but isn't that something so the family history helps to tell you about who you are yeah and when you know like you learned that your dad was an engineer yeah. and now you could see it in yourself and in your daughter and mm-hmm. now you know that this is part of what you can expect to see and nurture in future generations Absolutely. so in our family history it's really important to talk and tell stories about what happened so- and i think today we don't say enough or pa- many of us or we don't know our grandparents like My father said he saw his grandmother and she was a slave like she was after slavery um but we never met her but he said she was a beautiful woman mm-hmm. so hearing something like that is a very comforting thing for us you know cuz you want to know beyond your parents who, who was before your parents yeah it's empowering it's um it's nurturing we all want to know who we are at the end of the day who am i why am i here and mm-hmm. i think we have our greatest fulfillment when we are acting in that and that's what we tend to call purpose who mm-hmm. am i what am i here for and when we give that gift of what we're here for i think that's where we have the greatest joy in life yeah we certainly do we absolutely do so family identity family history and i want to just add very quickly sometimes we don't want to talk about the bad things in our family history mm-hmm. and we really want to talk about them because they are instructive yeah. and sometimes the very strength of our family when it miscarries becomes a two-edged sword against us and so it's very instructive to own the good and the bad This is who we are I and agree. this is how we are proceeding. 
Yeah. Agree. And then there's faith. And it's really important to pass on the sense that there is a the truth and fact that there is a God, that there's a power greater beyond ourselves. Because society has fallen apart today, I think part of it is that we have abandoned faith. And faith actually is really another way of anchoring ourselves. And you know what? As a Christian, when I talk about faith, I'm talking about faith in Jesus Christ and in God. And Jesus Christ gives us our sense of worth. Jesus died for us. Mm-hmm. So part of faith, part of passing on that faith to our children is saying that you're valuable and you're worthy. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus gave to us. And then finances. And when we talk about passing on the legacy of finances, it's not just money. It's the values around money. Mm-hmm. It's the values of hard work, integrity, all the things that makes a person successful. And as one of my colleagues said, is financial literacy. Because you can give money and then the money ends. God's vision is not just that you get money, but that each generation builds on the wealth of the other so that there is always abundance and plenty for the purposes that you can be kind to others. Yes. That there is no need in your bloodline, you know, because some... Every bloodline has somebody who has needs. I love the way you uh, describe that. And again, you're making me reflect on what you shared about your family. In previous generations, your grandmother would leave food for someone who needed food. Well, how can you leave food if you don't have enough yourself? So some people look down on the concept of wealth or abundance or having, but how can you help others? How can you give expression to what's in your heart if you yourself is in need? So that's all the reason. I mean, you, of course you want to have wealth for you to have a certain level of a quality of life or even enjoyment in life. But of course you want to, well, I think most people do have a desire to help others. At least I hope. Yes, I think so. And you can't do that. And that's why the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. If you receive all the time, it means you have a certain need. But if you give, it means you're in a position, you've been so blessed that you can share. And God doesn't want just one generation to prosper. God wants every generation. So my friend who I told you, he had nothing when he was growing up. His father was not a business. His father wasn't even in his life. I'm telling you, his life changed radically. Radical. No one in his family had gone to college. No one in his family had any post-secondary education. But when he became a Christian, God changed his life radically. He went to college. He started businesses. He became like the top hotelier in our country with no prior experience. And then now his son is building wealth. And so now God is two generations are building wealth. And this is God's plan. You know, he talked about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the wealth passed from one to the other. And as you rightly said, Pamela, the wealth 
certainly God wants us to enjoy ourselves and to be comfortable. But wow, what an honor to be able to give to others. What an honor, like in a time of hurricane or earthquakes, that we're able to say, oh no, we want to give to this nation or these people to help them. And then, did you want to add to that? Well, I'm also thinking how it's, um, I just believe the way God set up all this stuff is that as you give, it just keeps coming back to you. We don't give just simply from the motivation of, well, if I give, then God's going to give me so much back. But it's impossible to give and God not bless you back. It's just yeah. all a win-win. Actually. He's a giving God. You're, you get mm-hmm. to do something good. I mean, that's one of the greatest highs, I think, in earth, on earth. You feel so good when you give to somebody and when you feel like you've made such a difference. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Right now we're talking about finances, but I feel excited when I had a conversation with someone and they got so much from the conversation or they got a greater level of peace or or knowledge that they feel is going to change their lives or it really helped them even that is giving and i oh, absolutely that with acts of giving it makes me it's almost like you get more out of it than the person Yes, the joy you get, right? Yeah. The joy you get is amazing. And that's the way I see this show, too. I believe it's me trying to give, or I won't even say trying. It's me giving. Giving. I'm going to walk that out. (laughs) Yeah. And you're giving generously. You know, (laughs) you're giving so generously, Pamela. And it's not just me giving. My guests are giving. And the whole point is, let's give the give out these thoughts, these concepts, and hopefully people will toil with it and glean from it what is profitable for them and somehow be made the better. Even if the better means I'm not alone. They said something today that let me know I'm not alone. Even not being alone tells me, okay, if they've experienced things like this and they are overcoming it, then I can too. Oh, yes. I'm hoping those kinds of dynamics will happen. So thank you for being on the show and giving because yeah. I just, I've told you too many times already, I love these five principles that God gave you. <laughs> so let's They get are powerful. <laughs> and let me just finish the last one. So we okay. talked about family identity where we say that's the sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And God the Father gives us our sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And we talked about family history, which is where we talk about the good or the bad. And we never know which story is going to impact somebody. So tell all the stories. And it is in those stories that we, we see how the family overcomes, mm-hmm. how the family deal with challenges and Actually, that's one of the areas where Holy Spirit, we can see Holy Spirit at work teaching us how to have competence and mastery in things, how the family has that. Then we have the finances, which is the abundance. God is the God of abundance. He wants us to prosper, 
across generations. And then the last one is family fun and traditions. And that's so important because nobody wants to belong to a boring family. You know, you want to have fun. Yeah, Mm -hmm. fun, fun and traditions. Mm -hmm. You want to have memory. You want to create memories. The fun activities are the ones that create the memories that make it so much uh, joyful to belong to this family. You know, many families do this now with family reunion. Maybe they have Thanksgiving dinner. I love when a family say, oh, no, in our family on Christmas Eve, we eat dinner at 12 p.m. and then we open presents and then we go to bed. That's how my family, you know, there's, you know, that sense of this is who we are and this yeah. is our tradition, you know, separate from you. Yeah. And then some say, oh, no, we all go and put on our same pajamas uh-huh. and we take pictures <laughs> and then we get up at five o'clock. You know, it's yeah. always fun to hear the traditions, but God is a joyful God and he loves fun. You know, for some families, the camping trips, the little fishing trips, going to the ball games, playing board games, you know, anything, cooking, some family love to cook together or travel, but whatever it is, create some traditions that include all the generations Mm -hmm. and then the relationships form that way. And a lot of what needs to happen, the sense of belonging here in the family history happens in a very seamless way. Beautiful. I love that. And it's giving ideas. There may be some families who are struggling. They have, maybe they're not that close, but what you just shared, give so many ideas of what they can start to implement to start building those bridges from generation to generation and yeah and even the same generation if mm-hmm. you went through a time when your family just wasn't that close and those practices are not there so you feel a bit distant it just takes one person to say hey let's change this up And so that's, again, one of the reasons why I love what you're doing. You're inspiring people to have a richness and a closeness. And I think that's lacking in our, in today's society too, partly because of uh, social media and people doing all these things independently and not necessarily spending so much time socially together doing an activity, a board game Mm -hmm. or, or even sharing stories. How fun is that? the young people to sit around and in a family room and listen to Mm -hmm. the older people talk about the family history and, and things like that. It's actually beautiful. That's one of the things that really makes me smile when I reflect on my childhood, but to be quite honest, it's not happening as much uh, these days, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I'm becoming even more mindful through our conversation to stir that up in our family that we do more yeah. of that, like, like I remember when I was a child. And you know what? You're absolutely right, Pamela. And it doesn't have to be a, you know, a big thing. My mother, um, my niece, when she was born, she had some, I don't know, some health problems, but my mother would make herbal teas for her. Mm-hmm. And the only way she could get her to drink them and their strange tasting tea, she would say, 
um, let's have a tea party. Every week, oh. we're going to have a tea party, right? So she would come to my mother's apartment. My mother would make the tea and they would drink the tea and have, it doesn't have to be anything. And do you know when my mother died, my niece said, well, who's going to have the tea party with me now? Mm. She still remembers that she <laughs> used to have tea with grandma. And so even if we get on Zoom or someplace, WhatsApp, and just have a weekly yeah. conversation with, you know, together, let's say there are even three of us, we say, hey, let's have tea. You know, the other day um, when COVID struck, I wanted to spend some time with my niece. And I think she was in Connecticut at the time. So I said, let's do a virtual dinner. I'm going to send you some money, you buy dinner, and then we get on Zoom and we talk and have dinner together. And it was so memorable. You know, so the, even with COVID, there are ways around things. But yes. the big thing is to let your heart go out to somebody and yes. connect with them. And it doesn't have to be 10 people, just one person. Just start with one person and you can change things. Wow. That's beautiful. And I, I agree. It just takes one. So what would you say to people who don't see the importance of leaving an inheritance and they think, you know what, everyone can fend for themselves. What's mine is mine. Uh, the kids and grandkids need to come up in life on their own. <laughs> There's people who have that mindset. What would you say to that that might get their attention to maybe rethink it? I would say, you know, there is a lot of truth in that, but the legacy, the inheritances that we pass on is not just material things. It's the values. Mm -hmm. So the bigger question is, what preserved you and helped you and your family to be who you are? Or what is it? What are the values that you cherish mm -hmm. that have made you you and that you'd like to see them continue? And wow. actually, it's more important to focus on the values mm -hmm. than the material thing, because the values are about character. The mm -hmm. values are about um, where we place importance. Mm -hmm. And we've seen with many celebrities, their kids get money. And what happens? They end up overdosing mm -hmm. because they didn't get values life-giving values such as integrity, life-giving values such as compassion, hard work, you know, having a strong work ethic, being purposeful, which you talk so much about, Pamela, having a purpose, living not just for yourself, but for others. You know, if we pass on those that loving God, having a, a desire for life and liberty beyond today, living with eternity in mind, living with hope that today does not define the future. My grandmother passed on faith to me, and I tell you, it changed my life. I think that's one of the most important things we've said today, passing values not even just practices like we go camping or we do Christmas a certain way, but values, my goodness. And I think 
because we're not intentionally doing that from generation to generation, we're seeing a breakdown in society. We're seeing so many people being raised or coming to school or, you know, just how they navigate in throughout society. Even once they start working, there's a lack of values. And we look around and we say, why are things so bad? Why do we not like going to work? Some of the leaders, some of the people who are in charge, they don't have values. Uh, Some do, of course, but I'm just saying that it's happening on so many different levels from politicians to leaders in the business world or banks or schools or whatever the case may be. And then we want to say, well, what's going on with these kids? We're not passing any values to behave in the way that we say we want them to behave. We're trying to. And we don't model it to. That, exactly. That's what I was about to say. We're trying to tell them, do what I say, not as I do. Well, that doesn't work. Yep. <laughs> Talk is cheap and, at the end of the day. Yeah. And you're absolutely right, Pamela, that one Sometimes we're not conscious of what the values are. We just do them. And so part of this whole process of leaving that inheritance, the essential inheritances, is to become aware. Like ask yourself, what matters to me? What makes me take, make the decisions that I make? So one, honesty is a very important value. Honesty and integrity, gratitude is a, it cannot be overestimated, it cannot be overstated because yeah. it has implications for health, mm-hmm. social connections, and eternity. Then there is stewardship, which we, we talked of, you know, prior to the podcast about. It's about innovation, hope faith in God, because we, if you believe that, you, you know, life is not just you and what you see, then wow. So tell me this, you've shared a lot of good stuff today. What one gem, what do you think is the most important that you can leave with my listeners that will help them go to the next level of best regarding how to get started with intentionally leaving a legacy uh, to their families? I would say the most important thing is to love God, love yourself, and believe that there is a great future for your family. If you love God and believe in God, then you have the sense that there is more to life than today. When you love yourself, you're going to conduct yourself in a way that honors you and preserves you, not in, self, in a selfish way, but you're going to then want everything that comes from you and connected to you to be safe and protected. Yeah. And so I feel, yeah, you're going to treat it with care and intention. So love God and believe in God that he loves you and he has great things for you. Love yourself. When you don't love yourself, other people give you a purpose. You become like a, a, a little 
ping pong for them. But when you love yourself, you become grounded. You begin to embrace God's sense of belonging and power for you. The image that I'm getting listening to you is I'm thinking of a plant being rooted in the ground. And if you love yourself, you are in that strong foundation, but then your your soil, I, I think that's what I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. You're that soil. So everyone planted around you flourishes. Mm-hmm. And yes. you can't love others until you truly love yourself. And I think this is the second time I've been having a conversation with someone recently where I'm pointing this out, but that's what it makes me think of. When you love yourself, you're fertile ground. And so everyone planted around you flourishes and grows. Because you're you're produced after your own kind. Yes. You know? Yes. But a lot of the people you see who are Mm self-destructive right now, it's because they don't love themselves. They weren't taught that it's okay to love themselves. And they don't have the sense of belonging. And so without those two things, you become extraordinarily vulnerable to all the vices and being manipulated by others. But when you do those two things, you become rooted and anchored in a very powerful way. So tell my listeners how they can buy your book. I don't know if we've mentioned your book just yet. So if you can tell us the title and how they can purchase your book, and also how they can get in touch with you to be a speaker for their organization or just any information you want to share. Feel free to do that at this time. Absolutely. So my book is called How to Win in 2021, Five Keys to Creating an Amazing Life in 2021. And I have to say this, the reviews I've gotten from people who have read it, They've contacted me personally. They're like, this is a game changer for me. It's a very short book. It's available on Amazon. And I would encourage you to get it. And in terms of getting in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook. I'm at Yvonne Green and Life Coach. I actually really don't know what that what I should say about Facebook, but I'm on Facebook. And you can Tell contact your name. me. Y-V-O-N-N-E Green, G-R-E-E-N, Yvonne Green. And then you can also email me at the number four, Game Changing Woman, G-A-M-E-C-H-A-N-G-I-N-G Woman at gmail.com. But you can easily find me on Facebook. Well, thanks so much, Miss Yvonne Green, for being on Envision Together, going to our next level of best. And I, I'm sure that people are going to glean so much through the wonderful things that you've shared. And it's my prayer that people go to the next level in being intentional in passing legacy and traditions and values from generation to generation. Thank you so much. Well- Thank you so much for having me. And I know that Envision Together will really take so many individuals and families to the next level. Thank you. Well, friends, 
Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.